Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, junkies. This is A Real Girl. I am here with Mr. Scott Sigler. How are you, FDM? I'm great. Well, I get to sit face to face with you this episode, which I love because <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> and we are here with what I am calling a very uh, special episode of Slay. We'll call it 18.5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're unfamiliar with how Slay works, um, we do a live stream every Wednesday where the FDO begins the live stream by reading the the story content that you get on Sunday. Then we send it to our terrific crack team of experts here at Empty Set, mm-hmm. and they formulate it into Talkie Talk in the beginning and all the transition sounds, and then it comes out on Sunday as a podcast. And this past Wednesday, when we would have been doing the live stream, Scott was doing a book reading for his newest uh, the newest anthology that has a story of his yep. in it called The Hitherto Secret Experiments of Marie Curie. Mm-hmm. So he was unable to do the live stream. That said, we were talking about what to do uh, and decided that since there are so many, there are a handful of Slay-specific questions that has have come into the info at Empty Set email address, which is where you should send every question, every request. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we would put together a little bit of that because that'll give you a little bit of Slay in your Sunday. And this is really cool because... Slay is something I am writing every week. I did right. this with the Nocturnal back in the day. I'm doing it with Slay. So some of these questions, I have not seen these questions yet. A is going to spring them on me live. But the point is that she picked out these questions because these questions could potentially impact the direction of the story. Mm-hmm. So part of the grand experiment of Slay by writing it every week is if I get a great idea or I get a great idea from you guys, that could potentially impact the direction of the story. So we thought this would be a great time to get these questions through to see if it actually does impact the story. And a quick spoiler alert. If you have not listened to Slay, we're 18 episodes deep. It's awesome, fun stuff. You're going to want to go to scottsigler.com slash Slay. You listen to those 18 episodes. You come back, listen to 18.5, and then you continue on with the story. And if you're interested in the hitherto secret experience of Marie Curie, the anthology, some great people in it, go to scottsigler.com slash C-U-R-I-E. And you can learn all about that book. And since we're doing a throwback sort of episode where we're just, it's you and me on the mic, no video, no nothing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I will say for some of you long-term, long-time junkies, if you have been following us for a long time, you know that my very favorite Scott Sigler story is Red Man. And if you don't know Red Man, it's in uh, Blood is Red, the anthology. You can get that as an audiobook or an ebook, and it is exceptional. It has been, since I read it, the story that came out of Scott's head that's fiction that resonates with me the most. Um, that said, the story in the hitherto secret experiments of Marie Curie is 
messing with that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a for contender for, for number one. So go. they're quite different stories, but um, they're really, both of them are really special. And I figure if you know that that has been my favorite story, uh, notwithstanding for years, you might like to know that. So I'm going to jump into the slate questions, if that's right. okay with you. Oh, and after these slate questions, we've got some information for you on the state of the state. So if you are just tuning in because you saw me on Facebook or on Twitter saying, hey, here's a bunch of information and you're not actually listening to Slayer, you're not, you're not attending the live streams every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Or watching them after the fact. Or watching them after the fact because they're archived at Facebook.com slash Scott Sigler, YouTube.com slash Scott Sigler, Twitch.tv slash Scott Sigler. You may be unaware of some of the cool shit that's going on with our changes in our business. So we're going to share that after the fact. So you can listen to Slate questions, tap out, go home, or you can also stick around and get that stuff at the end. So I'll say one more thing before we begin with the questions. These are all spoilers for or questions that may contain spoilers for Slay, mm-hmm. but there are at least two of them that contain very, very, very mild sto- uh, story spoils. One is for Fitzroy and one is for Nocturnal. Right. So if you don't ever want to be spoiled, even a teeny one, this is your chance to get out and come back when you're done. Our first question comes from Dorothy Mitchell, and she says, I know it's early in the story. And Lincoln is the main character. Mm -hmm. But for me, Magda has big main character energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Will we get any backstory about those two and their friendships and adventures? So Lincoln Franks is the main character of Slay. And Lincoln is an anti-hero monster hunter character. So if you haven't been listening... You think of your the Winchesters, you think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Van Helsing, people like that. These are all people that hunt monsters out of the goodness of their heart and to do better for humanity, etc. While Lincoln Franks is cash and checks. You want him to kill a monster, you got to pay the man. He is roommates with a character named Magda Magdalene, and they live together in an old stone church. And very perceptive question, my you junkies know me so well. Magda has been a secondary character, but has main character energy written all over, with good reason. In episode 19, which I'm writing this week, is our first point of view exposure Ah, to Magda. This will be the first time anybody sees the world through Magda's eyes. She is a very deep, very troubled character who compensates for her perceived shortcomings and her insecurity with a very foul mouth, very cutting, biting, insulting approach to things, and a copious amount of drugs. All the drugs, all the booze. You know, I think I may know a few people like this. (laughs) I know there's many people listening right now. And uh, and Lincoln and Magda both have a similar background. They were both what is called a rixator, and that is sort of a a classification of fighter or monster fighter in a place called the Bastion, which is an Mm -hmm. organization that, as far as we know— is organized to fight monsters and to fight evil. Rixators are the agents of the Bastion who go out and fight monsters, who go out and fight evil, and they all have a vow of poverty. So they are much like monks. They are Their, their housing is covered, their food is covered, and they put themselves at enormous risk every time they go out, and they often die, and they often get wounded and mangled. And Lincoln and Magda, for various reasons, are both done with that shit. Lincoln wants to get paid, and Magda's just flat. She's just flat out of the game. She is an agoraphobe, and she cannot leave the one place in which she lives, and she's quite a tragic character in that regard. I find this fascinating, and I'll let you guys know who are listening. I he he truly is writing weekly, 
and I don't hear the story. I don't get questions. Nothing happens. I don't hear the story at all until you guys hear the story, too. And this is really interesting for me because my granddad was uh, at the at the I mean, maybe the last 20 years of his life was agoraphobic. And Mm -hmm. it is the most it was it's such a a fascinating mental condition. Uh, And and for me personally, uh, I know that about Magda from you and I talking about the story. And we see a little bit about but that's not so explicit yet where we are in the story. It's not explicit. And the reasons why are going to be superficially apparent in this book. And we will get deeper into it as the books progress. We're setting up Slay. Slay is set up in seasons and episodes, basically I'm modeling the Mandalorian structure mm-hmm. for the release of it. So yes, we will absolutely get information on Magda's backstory, yeah. on Magda and Lincoln's relationship, and hey. how how they have come to be completely codependent upon each other in a way that's not... Like, codependency is usually associated with negativity. Yeah, so you're saying they've created a support structure that might also be a little codependent? Yeah. Like they figured out how they can... They can be um, mutually beneficial uh, parasites on each other. Yes, and they, but also a little codependent. Maybe. But they they haven't consciously figured it out yet. He needs her. She needs him. They are in the same place. He is her primary uh, protector and the provider because she can't leave the house. She is his armor. She is his medic. So if you think of you know think of Blade like yeah. uh, Christopher who's Christopher Chris Cross mm-hmm. yeah Christopher Cross's role in Blade that's how Magda is meant no Christopherson Chris Christopherson sorry that is how Magda is meant to seem to when the story starts out spoiler that's a red herring it's going into progression very soon <laughs> okay uh, I think we should move on maybe. yeah let's go okay John Basinger asks I am enjoying Slay so far. It feels like you wanted to di- delve more into the supernatural Sigler, like Hunter Hunter Sinon Sons, mm-hmm. okay. but with more signature Sigler horror. Yeah. Say that three times fast. Uh, it's darker, but just as fun for me. Will you write more Slay after this book? First, I'll address the darkness. Mm-hmm. Hunter Hunter Sinon Sons has intentionally been written with the goal of it getting picked up as a TV series. So I've written these novellas for it. Those each novella might be a season, a half season, et cetera. And the goal is this is modern family meets the Ghostbusters. So it's 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 a very, very progressive story. That is where Hunter Hunterson is coming from. There's some deep, deep, deep shit in Hunter Hunterson, but Hunter Hunterson is also one of those one of those stories where you're pretty sure the Hunterson clan's gonna make it okay. Make it out okay at For the sure end. you get that. It has but that you, vibe. But it also has, there are, especially in the baseball story, which is what I'll say. If you read Hunter Hunterson in the case of the Haunted Safeway. Okie doke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk too much about it, but especially that one. It's very, actually not just that one, but that one is pretty heavy. Yeah. But it's also, to me, you write Hunter Hunterson like you are giving medicine in a tablespoon of sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's wrapped in this cotton candy. You get the vibe. It's going to be all right. Yeah. And and also in, in Hunter Hunterson, which I believe is also parallel in Slay, but I don't know yet. You hear, as the story of Hunterson family unfolds, you hear really tragic, terrible things that have happened earlier in their lives, especially with the relationship with Bo and uh, Bo's biological dad and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We don't see that on the screen because it's, it can't be wrapped in cotton candy as easily, right. Right? right? I think there's not a lot of cotton candy in Slay. No, there's not a lot of can- cotton candy in Slay. I would say the comic relief in both is somewhat similar, but Hunter Hunterson and Son is largely a PG to PG-13 show. 
And Slay is a hard, hard R. Yeah. What's above R? I don't, I don't know. The 18, whatever. Slay is full of sex, drugs, rock and roll, a lot of cursing, a lot of violence. The body count's already piling up. So yes, they have a similar feel, but Slay is definitely the more Sigler version of that. So if you've read along with my work with Nocturnal and Earthcore and Ancestor and the Infected Trilogy, Slay is a supernatural version of those things right there. Mm -hmm. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, my next question, let's see, is from Trevor Gregg. You talked about the writing process for Slay. Why did you decide to write each episode each week instead of how you normally do it? So this actually ties into the last question, which I didn't fully answer, which is do I plan for more Slay? So those of you who've listened for a long time know that we give away everything we can give away as a free, serialized, ad-supported podcast novel. Mm -hmm. And we have exhausted everything I've written, and I've written a lot of stuff, but we've been doing this for 17 or 18 years now. Mm. We've even had a couple books go into reruns. We're like, we mm. brought back the original Rookie with all the cursing. And Nocturnal. And Nocturnal, mm. and we've done, you know, we've done a couple of things a couple of times, and we felt it was time to get back to the roots of the first place you will ever hear this content is in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Unless you tune into the live stream, which we consider kind of part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah, that's so, the same weekly live kind of thing. It's a weekly yeah. live thing. So the reason we write it weekly is because, number one, we're out of stuff that's finished to put out. Number two is I am six books back that we are, <laughs> we are either putting out ourselves, which is one of them, or we are contracted for, which is five of them. And five of those six, we can't podcast. So I'm going to be spending the next two years writing a ton of stuff that I am not 
legally allowed to share with you guys. So how do we keep the world's oldest fiction podcast going? The answer is go back to the roots, go back to do the nocturnal. So I write it every Friday. Fridays are reserved for Slay. I write it on Friday. We read it out loud on Wednesday. That way, if I have any flubs in the recording, et cetera, Steve, the iceberg, Ricky bird can fix those up. Mm -hmm. And then you get the audio on Sunday. So that is why we're doing it. That is how we are doing it. And will we continue with more of this? I have another story in mind that we're going to use for the Friday fiction podcast. But right now I plan three to five seasons of Slay. So yep. whatever, when you, if you listen to this, expect a whole bunch more of it in the next five years to come. And I'll add, uh, we didn't plan it this way, but if you are a fan and you've been a granular fan for a while, you understand like the issues that we had, that we sometimes have printing very girthy books, getting them out to you in the world in a physical way. Oh, yes. Is now about this. Yeah, is now dependent. We have moved to a print-on-demand model for us instead of an offset because the world is changing and getting the gangster to you while there was a pandemic was too much. There's a finite size to each of those things. Right. For example, I've mentioned this before. I'll, I'll just mention it very briefly. Mount Fitzroy gets printed. The physical copy of that book gets printed on the one actual physical printer in the United States and also one in Australia and also one in Europe. There is one physical machine on this continent, one machine in Australia and one machine in Germany that can print this book it's at so that size. Thick. Right, so which is girthy. awesome and fun to have that yeah. little hat, to, you know, thing to hang your, your hat on. But in a business at the same sense, time, not very fun. Not very fun in a business sense. So one of the things that Slay does is because he has to write each episode each week to fit in a roughly hour-long podcast, it's kind of a boot camp or a crash course yeah. for Scott to learn to write just as cinematically, just as high energy, but shorter uh, so that we have more stories that are more easily get into your hands-able. <laughs> and that's why there's multiple seasons planned for Slay. Because, yeah. yes, we're, our goal is to put out an eighty to 90,000-word book. Fitzroy would be three of those. Three, exactly, right. Three of those plus. So Fitzroy is a giant, girthy novel. But with Slay, if I'm able to slow play this across many seasons, like a Battlestar Galactica, you know, things of that nature— uh, you're going to get your giant girthy book, but it's going to be delivered in installments of 89,000 words. So we're able to put more product in the marketplace. We're able to give you books every, say, nine to 12 months instead of every three years. Mm -hmm. And that is also hugely beneficial for us in the realm of business because Amazon and Audible operate on a thing called an algorithm. Mm -hmm. And as an author, if you are not feeding stuff into that algorithm every six to 12 months, People don't see your stuff as much. So mm. it's it's we are trying to write shorter books so that we can give you more stuff and it caters to the way business actually works now. So we'll benefit Empty Sand Entertainment if we're able to do the books in shorter books, more yeah. shorter books. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you just said how business works now. That's another thing that Empty Set has been dealing with quite a lot because since you've been podcasting since 2005, mm -hmm. the evolution of the industry means there was a time where Scott asked for forgiveness, not permission to podcast. And then there was a time where they didn't care. And they were like, yes, that's free advertising. And then there was a time they were like, well, we're not touching the audio. You can have that. You can keep that. Right. And now it is very, very difficult 
these days to get a publishing deal without giving away the audio. And of course, if somebody else owns the audio, they don't want you to give it away. And for that, free. that is why we can't podcast five of the six books I'm right. writing over the next two And years. it's not for lack of trying, which is the point I wanted to make. We have receipts that say like, this was very effective for the Generations trilogy. Let right. us do this. And that is just not the way the world works anymore. Anyhow, let's move on to the next question. Okay. This comes from Mark Clubs, and he asks, were Lincoln and Magda ever a thing? Even were they friends okay. with benefits or a one-night stand? They have a camaraderie that reminds me of how the Noceums were in Mount mm. Fitzroy. And specifically speaking, how Skylark, it's casually mentioned, has slept with every team member, and it isn't a big deal for any of them. Right, right. Well, Skylark and Mount Fitzroy, uh, she got hers. So she, yeah. she, she's like, I like what he got, and I like what he got, and I like what he got, and she got all of that. Mm -hmm. she, got a, she got a sampling of all that stuff. So have... Lincoln and Magda knocked boots. I am not going to reveal that <laughs> at this time. But there is a deep, relaxed familiarity between the two of them that I think, even if they have been intimate, is far more attributable to when you have fought next to someone or fought with someone. It's funny you say that, yeah. My limited experience, because I've never been in combat combat, Me but too. when you are in a combat sport your teammates in a combat sport that you are sparring against every day, there is a level of comfort and familiarity that comes with that, that in all other aspects of my life, I have never come across. And that can be anything from you got a buddy, you go to the shooting range and you're capping off 200 rounds on a weekend. There's a certain bond that comes from that. And there's a deeper bond that comes from when you are on a team together and you are fighting against another team and you are hundred percent reliant Person A is relying on person B to get the win. Person B is relying on person A to get the win. And then I think there's even a deeper level, which is if you have been side by side in a physical fight with other people, there is a deepness to that relationship that comes out. And no spoilers, but people will eventually find out the crazy shit that Magda and Lincoln have gone through together. And it is some crazy, crazy shit. It's interesting that that because when this question came in and I read it, I thought, oh, I mean, I don't, I of course don't know. I keep saying that. Um, but it is entirely possible. And also, that feels more to me like people who were shipmates or in the same battalion. Shipmates is a great, yeah, or correct. Things like that. And then I thought, among the junkies, my brother Jude comes to Sigler in place and in the chat room realizes there are a few sailors and soldiers. Okay. Okay. And so he develops a friendship with a sailor, Robin, Robin Taylor. Which is not at all based on the fact that they served together, but they both served and they know what it's like to be a shipmate. Yes. And I think that that comes through quite a lot in okay. Magda and Lincoln's relationship it's very, kind of thing. very similar to that, yeah. But there have been instances where Magda's life was 100% dependent on Lincoln's actions and instances where Lincoln's life was 100% dependent on Magda's actions. And when you have been through a situation like that, that creates a bond that even if you don't fucking like each other, you're like, I think this guy's a fucking asshole. But when the shit hits the fan, I know this guy's I'm got my right that asshole. He will be on my right and kill everything on my right. And this person will be on my left to kill everything on my left. That's the kind of bond that they have. Did they, did they fuck a bunch? Don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So Stephen Kepler asks, was Billy supposed to live past his first episode because he is giving me big Pookie Chang vibes. Yeah. So Billy is, Billy is our conduit to normalcy 
and getting to watch Billy discover the enlightened world, which is the shorthand we're using. So you listening to this right now, you are unenlightened. You don't see all the magic that surrounds you. You don't see the monsters. You don't see the wizards, etc. And similar to a Harry Potter type structure. So we are the muggles in, in Slay, the unenlightened are, we're the regular workaday people. Billy was unenlightened. He's quickly becoming enlightened and getting to see all the things that are going around. And this is the problem with writing fresh stuff every week. Billy was supposed to be there and gone and, and completely <laughs> gone. And within four episodes, he's the secondary main character of the story. And it completely destroyed <laughs> my outline. What limited outline I have was gone immediately. And I've been scrambling. We even had to bring in Rob Otto to help with the story. We still haven't figured it out. Like mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm halfway through the story now. I have to get to the point of like, what's the big bang signal ending for this? And we're trying to craft towards it. And I had to go out and get help. So <laughs> Billy, much like Pookie Chang, was supposed to be gone almost immediately. And it just didn't work out that once they got on the page, I'm like, this fucker's interesting, man. I want to I want to spend some more time with this cat. Curses. Yeah. And, I, and you guys all know Scott is an outliner. He outlines his stories before he begins them. And so Billy is is kind of an outline breaker. Like you would have preferred that he fall into line. And work I had... <laughs> Okay, like here's okay. Now, now, now I'm hiking up the skirt. I'm hiking up the skirt. You can all see. You can all see what's uh, what. You can check my genitals before I go in the bathroom. Here's what's going on. Um, I had five seasons of Slay outlined as a TV show. I had a pilot script for Slay written. <laughs> a pilot script written, and it's a 45, 42, 45 page script. So it's meant to be an hour. Be about forty two minutes with commercials. Yeah, it's meant to be an hour with commercials. And I have got, like I said, five seasons outlined and everything, dove, like <laughs> typical Sigler fashion, everything dovetails into the next. And it's this logical, this logical progression. Billy's not in any of that shit. He's not in any that. of it. I love that. So I think. I the, mean, I, I know that you hate oh it. Oh, my but God. It's... I'm so mad. I'm so mad at myself. So the fact that Billy showed up and I didn't pop a cap in his skull has literally fucked up <laughs> five years worth of work on this property. Mm -hmm. Even though you guys haven't seen it. I've been tweaking with this in the background. Because that's what happens when shit gets on a page. You're like, God damn it, this guy's super. I want to know more about this guy. And now I'm stuck with him. It makes me laugh that the tweaker has ruined your, all your plans. <laughs> the it, fictional yeah. tweaker has ruined all your plans. The fictional tweaker's ruined all my plans. I'm super mad. Okay, so Josh Cross is, uh, lobbed you a softball. Okay. Will Slay come out in book form someday? Absolutely. Slay will come out in book form someday. Where we are right now is the original goal and the ongoing goal of the Wednesday live reads is that eventually, because I can make flubs on Wednesday and just snap my fingers and go back and do the retake. If you guys watch live on Wednesday, you'll see me do that. I'll snap my fingers. I'll reread the line. And then the iceberg can cut that snaps out and give you one finished bit of audio on Sunday. The goal is I read live on Wednesday. It gets edited for Sunday. And then we bundle up all of those episodes and we put them out as an audio book on Audible and we publish that book. It's not going to work with Slay. Slay will have to go through and edit, mm -hmm. but... After that edit is done, we will have to re-record the audiobook. We Unfortunately, will. there's yep. no way around it. Yep. And we will be putting it out as an ebook and we'll be putting it out as a print book for sure. Mm -hmm. And an audiobook. Yeah. Obviously. E once you re-record. Ebook, audiobook. Yep. Okie doke. So our last question about Slay is from Ben Miller. And it's when you are writing something difficult or sexy or sad or emotionally draining. How do you get into that mood if you're not already there? Lincoln seems quite a lot less like Scott than, say, Quentin Barnes does. Okay. Well, that's 
there's never a specific recipe for how to get into that. And unfortunately, a lot of times how you get into that is you start writing at nine o'clock in the morning and staring at the screen and putting in words and deleting words. And you don't get into it until like 1115, we sort of get the vibe in my style of writing is I'll, I'll put down a paragraph. I know how the 18 paragraphs from now on, I'll know what I want. I sort of know how I want it to end. I'll put that down. I'll read, read it, try and connect those things, sort of connect the dots, and then I'll delete them and have to rewrite them. Or I'll put a great connector in. Well, that connector now invalidates this thing that I was trying to aim towards. So now I have to rewrite that thing. Right. So it, it's an iterative process. It happened today, writing the first Magda chapter. Uh, it, I've got 1,200 words done and at least 1,000 words Written today, already deleted because they didn't work out. Yeah. That's kind of how you bob and weave and kind of get into it and take a couple shots. And it just it just takes time. It's different every time. And Lincoln is, Lincoln's very different. Lincoln mm-hmm. is not an intellectual. Lincoln is not a master strategist. Lincoln is a brawler, mm-hmm. which Rixator is actually a Latin perversion of, it's a perversion of the Latin word for brawler or pugilist or fighter. So these guys are meant to be the tanks. These guys are meant to be, you know, you you throw them into the mix and they're going to fight their way out of it because they've got other people who are the actual thinkers. So are they like Indomitian Sue when he first came to the oh, NFL? I, I think Indomitian Sue, Indomitian Sue was a defensive lineman for the Detroit Lions and he mm-hmm. played at Nebraska in college. He's a very, very smart motherfucker. So not like Indomitian no, Sue sorry, at all. I meant not his, his brain and his smarts, but his strategic decision making to like, I am huge and I am going to win any by any means necessary sort of or at least I'm going to try. Uh there there is some element to that. Yeah, I think this might be uh if you know boxing, Floyd Mayweather Yeah, okay. is the this undefeated boxer who is now retired only comes out to make a bunch of money and you watch his fights and oftentimes his fights are very fucking boring mm-hmm. because n- he, nobody can lay a glove on him because he has so much strategy behind what he's doing. Oh, he's I see what already you're prepared yeah. for what the other guy will do before the other guy even shows up. Whereas Lincoln is Rocky. Lincoln Lincoln is, let's just plow forward and throw haymakers and throw bombs. And yeah, and like, and I know we're both, with this strategy, we're both going to take damage. I can take more damage than you can. That's Lincoln. I'm not going to specifically talk about it, but the last episode of Slay actually shows that. Lincoln goes and goes and goes until he can't. Mm -hmm. And he didn't think about his preservation there. He didn't think, oh, somebody's got my back. He just went and went and went until he couldn't. Right. And hopefully somebody has his back kind of thing, which we know. Again, I'm not talking about specifics, but in episode 18, we see that somebody had his back. Yeah. That's an interesting analogy. Yeah, that uh, he's just going to keep going until it's literally he can't do it. So I guess from my own athletic background, I talk about this a lot, my, my experience in wrestling and football. And in both wrestling and football, I'm not a very coordinated athletic individual and my success in those sports much more limited football because I was so tiny when my success in wrestling was was in the beginning it was all Lincoln Frank's Lincoln Frank's strategy it was all mm-hmm. rocky like I am going to I am going to take anything you could throw at me and wear you out because I am tougher than you and at the end of the day I will work harder than you and uh, you will quit before I will even though you are a superior athlete to me even though you're better skilled than me now, at this point in my life, that's very, it's very different. So there's, but there's definitely some Scott in Lincoln Franks for yeah, sure. for sure. I think in every one of your main characters, I think there's a little bit of you. And I also think in some of your ancillary characters, there are people who were influential to you. Um, I think Ma Tweedy is a good example of that. And so is Coach Hocord. They both are relevant in your, they, they look like reasonable facsimiles of people in your life. 
so getting back to Ben's question, though, I will also add this one thing, okay. and then I think we'll be done with the slate questions. Um, I have watched you, you writing through the Clarence and Margot scenes in Pandemic was very, very taxing for you specifically. Yes. I mean, physically and emotionally taxing as you did it. Mm -hmm. And I vaguely remember, because it was a while back, you having to be like, cool, I know exactly where I'm going. I am going to get a coffee. I am going to take the dog for a walk. I am going to do a thing. And eventually it became obvious that you could only sit in that for 45 minutes or an hour at a time where normally you just write for four-hour blocks. And that was was to get it emotionally correct and and the pitch perfect on the page or the pitch how you wanted it to be on the page you kind of had to take yourself out of it and come back in so that you were skirting on the surface i was in that's in the orbit of when i was going through a divorce with the evil queen and watching uh watching clarence otto and margaret montoya's relationship die on the vine was super difficult yeah because there was a fuck ton of my my relationship with evil queen and our relationship was going in a different direction at that time. Mm-hmm. So that was really tough. So I, I really have uh, a really tough time with romance has gone south. And it, to this day, because now, of course, if a romance goes south in a book, all I can think about is my wife, who happens to be sitting across from me <laughs> in the microphone, <laughs> and it's fucking murder on me. And yeah. the the other one that the other ones I really have a tough time with, uh, dead <laughs> dead parents, dying parents, mm-hmm. and Oh my God. And a, a dead spouse is, I have to take any kind of dead spouse fiction. I have to do that in little bitty chunks yeah. because I'm, I'm absolutely waterworks with these people that I've completely made up, <laughs> I know. but I just, you know, that's the one thing I know uh, that will basically be the end of me as who I am now. When I lose, oh, when I lose my wife, it's going to be, I will be a completely different person when that happens because mm. it will destroy it will destroy me and yeah. i've not had i've not had any deaths in my family other than my grandparents right but you were young, i've not right? had anybody yeah. really super close i've had one close friend from college pass away but for the most part i've been extraordinarily lucky and all the all the people i love are still alive and kicking yeah but i'm i'm uh i have enough emotional intelligence and emotional realization about myself to know that i will be a fucking wreck so it's interesting uh this is uh, the question was asking about how do you get in the right frame of mind and in my experience, I don't know that you do. You get out of the wrong frame of mind. You write until you can't do this scene, and then you come back to it. And the way I know, the way I believe that is true is we get emails quite quite often, and you are a reader who thinks this way as well. A reader, not a writer. We often get emails when somebody starts like Ancestor saying, if this dog dies, man. Somebody reads Nocturnal, don't let the dog die, man. They do that. Mm-hmm. And everybody who who loves an animal or loves a pet kind of ha- understands that. But really, that is, and forgive me for saying it this bluntly, but it is true, I believe, in a lot of cases, that's a thing that we sort of have a template for because pets last live so much less life than we mm-hmm. do. So you know it's going to suck and you know it's going to hurt. And so that's sort of the um, the the page marker that people like, if this dog dies, like, oh, honey, it's going to get so much worse. Well, the reason that people send that uh, message saying, don't you dare kill that dog is because I kill everybody. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's, everybody's at risk in my stories, except so far... Never kill the pet. The closest it, thing has been in Slay. The Croco Bear got killed. Yeah. And like, it's just because 
I I have had dogs die, and it's the worst thing. It's so bad. So yeah, yeah, but I, a little relatable. Well, it's you know. relatable. So like, yeah. the, usually the one character that's safe in my books is the dog. <laughs> usually, the dog is safe. So we're uh, that's the end of my sleigh questions. But if okay. you're listening and you're familiar with sleigh, keep your fingers crossed for dragon. That's you know, I don't know how it's going to Dra- go for dragon, but I'm going to keep my fingers got some crossed for it. Interesting shit coming up. All right, so we're going to talk about. Do a you have bit. interesting shit coming up? The biggest thing right now is we have moved our podcast hosting over to a company called Realm.fm. So Realm is a podcast studio. So like their Universal Pictures, et cetera. They make their own live cast productions mm-hmm. and they go, go out, they go out and get big stars. They get original content. They're putting out mm-hmm. serialized fiction, the same stuff you guys love from me, except theirs are full cast. So multiple people doing all of the voices. They've had a lot of success so far. Our friend Christoph Laputka in the Leviathan Chronicles have moved over there. We've recently moved over there and we're getting a lot of questions about why people can't find me at realm.fm. The reason is... This is all back-end stuff, so the the episodes and the inserted ads are now being served from Realm, but we haven't announced the relationship with Realm yet. I mean, so, we, we have talked about it, but on the live cast. Like, we haven't done the big press conference news, or, yeah, that, or press release, I mean. there's There hasn't been a press release yet. They are intentionally keeping the episodes off of their front, front, front page, uh, and because we wanted to wait to put that out. So... If you are hearing this and you go to look for me in realm.fm and you can't find me, it's because it just hasn't been released there yet. We're going to start out with Nocturnal. Mm-hmm. We're going to then we also are going to have Slay being promoted there, and then the next after that we'll do Infected, then Contagious, then Pandemic, and eventually all the podcast stuff you guys have listened to before will all wind up on Realm, and we're super excited about it because now they're handling all the advertising which is something that A and I just could not get to. And we could get to it. We weren't very good at it. And yeah, they have it's a, a dedicated hard thing for two people company. They have a dedicated company. ad sales team. So that's great because that will, that will pay for the podcast that you guys listen to for free. And we've changed the way I write because of that. And I'll keep brief about this, but we were getting complaints from people with Slay that ads are being dropped literally in the middle of an episode and it was jarring. It took them out of the story. Sure. So now I am writing specifically so that the first portion of Slay will be about 10 minutes. It will end with my signature shawarmi sound. The It'll end. You'll hear that. Then you'll hear an ad. Then the shawarmi sound picks up. And you can tell you the rest of the story. The important part of that is I'm specifically writing a chapter break leading into that first shawarmi sound leading into the ad. And so that- the ad feels, the ad will feel much more natural. It'll feel like a normal commercial break on TV. Exactly. And I think that we, um, there's a couple of things in our, ongoing, growing relationship with Realm, we spent a lot of time discussing the benefit of adding uh, mid-roll advertisements or, or any you know, back-to-hour cast that weren't just you reading, reading an endorsement. And the way that we figure we're giving you back, one of the things that was important to you and I was to give the junkies more back if we were going to ask them to tolerate this. So before Realm... You could only get the first book in every series as a podcast. That's correct. And we decided like, okay, well, we can give a lot more value to you guys by, okay, now we'll put all of the all of the yep. podcasts that existed. If you want them, you can get them. You can download them. You can keep them, I'm pretty sure, uh, however you do with your feed burner. But that is the kind of the trade-off that we made in yes. our head so that we were being equitable with you guys. So you will still be able to get all my books at Audible or any place that does audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And those will be ad-free, full-length 
content in one big chunk. You will also have the option of downloading the podcast for the full Infected Trilogy, Generations Trilogy, Earthcore, Ancestor, Nocturnal, the entire GFL run, all the novels, all the novellas, all of that work is completely unabridged. You get every word that is in the print book and the ebook version. If that, however, will be supported by mid-roll ads. So if you don't mind a mid-roll ad, you can go listen to everything. Yep. If you can't afford the books, you can go listen to the podcast and mid-roll yeah, and ad. Yeah, you're getting the whole if, series. If back. you don't yeah. want to list ads, you can go buy the shit somewhere else. So yep. we are we are we are back to rolling out everything. And A and I are already hard at work trying to convince the people who have paid us good money for the audiobooks that they should let us podcast. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we are. We're we'll trying. see if it works. We'll see if it works, but we'll keep telling that that windmill for you. So do we have any other Sigler site news or Sigler We've news? We've got some we Sigler. Go? We've been working an enormous amount on our new site. ScottSigler.com has a brand new look and feel to it. We've upgraded our store quite a bit. We've got a bunch of new products in the store as several products that are getting ready for the release of Shakedown Book One of the Crypt, which will be out October 3rd from Athon Books, mm-hmm. October 3rd, 2023 from Athon Books, books the first of a five book series. Mm -hmm. Some of you have been waiting for that for uh, over a decade. We're finally bringing it out. We're super hyped. Uh, People are, the the test readers are raving over it. We're getting great blurbs from it. And I think you guys are going to dig it. So we've got new products there. We are now currently working on some of the backend stuff to make us a more traditional, a more traditional e-commerce site. So we've got more, more product for you. We're going to start blogging again. Mm-hmm. And we've got great information in the blogging, bring you back there. And while you're looking at the blog, I'm writing, we're like, hey, here's a t-shirt. Hey, here's a mug. Mm-hmm. And we are being capitalist and dangling shit in front of your face in hopes that if you like it, you might buy it. But that has been an enormous amount of work. And then we're also starting to work on, for the first time ever, we are in the early stages of figuring out how to bring you the weekly story content in some kind of digital text form, yeah. either as an email that gets sent to you or as a blog post. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has sort of passed us by. When blog, when podcasting started out, people did not put transcripts of the podcast into their feeds and make those available. Very few people did. Now, it's much more common that there's a full transcript of the podcast. So if you want to go actually read it with your eyes and not your ears, you can. So we are working on that. And all of this stuff takes a huge amount of time. We're a two-person company working as hard as we can. Uh, but we are working on all of that and we'll mm-hmm. gradually make improvements on the site. I think scottsigler.com is going to be another... Uh, feather in our cap of this is the new way that fiction business gets done. It'll be about a year or two before you see that. But I think that's where where we are heading. Am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. I will say that we we have had a lot, I mean a lot, a lot of requests for specific items in the store. People are asking for different types of t-shirts, different types of clothing, different types of options, things like that. And all of that, please, always, every question you have, every concern you have, every suggestion you have, you send it to info at emptyset.com. But I need you guys to know that uh, the way that capitalism, I guess, or commerce or whatever works is uh, there ha- there we, ha- we are developing a strategy for how frequently to release new new items in the store. And part of that is that it takes a little time to do. Another part of that is that we, Scott and I genuinely believe in testing the product quality of a new product, like say a mug, which we We recently added. We have to order that ahead of time. So we need a little bit of lead time to that. And there's also something to be said for the ebb and flow of a marketplace. So we're trying to dial that in. So if you want something or if you wished, like, I could get this T-shirt as a V-neck, go ahead and send that request. Just know that we it may take a, 
It, yeah. it may take a while to integrate it into the shop because if we if we publish everything you ever wanted today, then we won't be able to continually grow our shop. So you can find all the new stuff at scottsigler.com slash store or go to scottsigler.com, look at the top navigation for the word shop, click there and go see all the new stuff and all the old stuff as well. All the old stuff yeah, that was out, out of print is now back. The old t-shirts, yeah. Jupiter Jacks, et cetera. That's all available. We've been able to bring all that back to you. And uh, I think it's going to be real cool. All right. That's all I have. Do you have anything else? Uh, if you have story ideas for Slay, you can send those to info at emptyset.com. If you have other questions, you can send that to info at emptyset.com. And I think that's about it. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we will be back uh, out in your faces uh, this coming Wednesday, the 10th, I think it is, the next the next Sigler in place. That's at Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Yeah, it's at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it live at Facebook.com slash Scott Sigler, YouTube.com slash Scott Sigler, Twitch.tv slash Scott Sigler. And at all of those places, it's available the day after and in perpetuity, except for Twitch. Twitch gets rid of them after about two weeks. Mm -hmm. But at YouTube and at Facebook on my channel, you can go see that stuff. So if you can't join us for the live stream and chat with all the junkies in the chat room, which is just a, a, people are having a blast doing it, mm -hmm. then you can watch it after the fact. You can see exactly. me read to your face. And if you're too busy for that, that's fine. That's why you've got the story content on Sunday. But Sundays are pure story. And the Wednesday live stream and the replays of those, that's a bunch more stuff about us and what's going on and me staring at you with one eyebrow up. So that's all we've got for this week. We hope you join us on Wednesday. If you can't, you should join us on Sunday. You should download this on Sunday. And uh, until the next time. We will talk to you all real soon. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023, Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Super Weapon. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. <laughs>